0: James Comey, the former FBI director President Trump fired last month, has agreed to come to the Capitol on June 8th to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee. Trump has now acknowledged that he fired Comey in an attempt to bring an end to the FBI's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. Senators will want to know how much pressure Trump brought to bear on Comey before dismissing him. And they'll surely ask Comey to give his assessment of whether Trump's interventions amounted to obstruction of justice. I'm Sean Zeller, and this is CQ Roll Calls Week Ahead podcast. I'm joined today in our Washington studio steps from the White House by Ryan Lucas, our intelligence reporter, and Todd Ruger, who covers the Justice Department for us. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here so ryan senate intelligence often holds its hearings behind closed doors but this one's going to be out in the open why why is that important why is that significant
1: this is someone that the intelligence committee uh not to mention the american public really wants to hear from former fbi director james comey uh has been in the thick of the bureau's russia investigation and his firing Basically, unleashed this massive political upheaval that we've seen over the past two weeks, and the fallout that the White House is still kind of grappling with, and the public wants to hear why why Comey was fired, what his relationship with President Trump looked like, um, and whether the president, you know, was leaning on the FBI and on the FBI director to close its its Russia investigation, and so having this in a public forum before news cameras and journalists this is something that's very important for people to hear from and it's also something that comey himself wanted he didn't want to testify just behind closed doors Uh, and he made that clear to the uh, intelligence committee a couple of weeks ago when they first asked him but is there anything
0: lost in that i mean are there things he might be able to say in a classified behind closed doors environment as i understand
1: it they're gonna have a closed door session as well in which case he can get into classified information with the members of the uh, of the committee, um, stuff that he won't be able to get into, obviously in a public setting.
0: Right, and Todd, I understand that it's possible that the White House could protest his giving testimony using executive privilege that the president's conversations are privileged and they shouldn't be aired in an open forum. Um, yeah,
2: well, there's a lot of talk about that right now. Uh, what what President Trump might do to try to stop. Comey from from telling his side of the story. And there's really no clear answer there. He, he definitely can if he wants to try to try to get Comey to stop uh, by by saying this was a confidential conversation I was having. Uh, and as president, that's protected. Uh, there is some legal precedent for that to be protected, but it's not at all clear what the answer would be and how that would happen uh, if it went through the courts. There's a, a 1974 case where this happened with. Uh, with Nixon, President Nixon, uh, where he was forced to give over some recordings that he had made. And uh, basically, so the Supreme Court says that if something is important enough, you, this privilege doesn't apply. But I think in this particular case, the, the legal question would would never even be
0: reached. It's more of a political question mm-hmm. right and if Trump he, would look bad if he tried to exert executive privilege here
2: well he, he might look bad, but uh, I think the real the real pressure would be on Senate Republicans if he does it because then you would have Comey who wants to testify and then you'd have Trump who says no this th- this is supposed to be protected information and then it would the 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 real issue would fall to Republicans on whether they would go forward with testimony against the president's wishes, or if they would cancel, perhaps, this, this testimony, uh, which would be, I mean, either way um, would be interesting. One way, they would be taking a, a, a little bit of a stand against the president in this way and asserting their congressional authority to investigate. And then the other way, uh, they would be saying uh, it would be a big indication that they weren't really ready to stand up to Trump yet. And
0: okay. from what I understand, too, Trump, because he's discussed his firing of Comey and revised and re-revised why he fired Comey in public forums, going on the air with news organizations and tweeting that that could hurt his case uh, for if he were to claim executive privilege.
2: Yeah, I mean the the issue there is did he waive executive privilege by talking about a confidential conversation and then he you know he can't say in his letter about firing Comey uh, you told me three times that 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 I was not under investigation. And Comey may dispute that, and, and then you, so you can't talk about it in one hand and not allow the other side of that to dispute that. And, but, but, you know, the one thing that's interesting here is Comey is a private citizen now. He's a private citizen, and B, he wants to testify. So clearly he's not going to talk about confidential information, but he's free to talk about it. And, and if you think about all the books that are written by former advisors— uh, in the past, there, people uh, who who have had conversations with the president can talk about those conversations with the president. They don't have to get permission first.
1: And there's, there's something that, that I want to uh, touch on briefly in terms of the, the, the politics around invoking executive privilege in this in this case. You mentioned about the pressure that this would put on Republicans. And one of the things that Trump's decision to fire Comey and the way that he handled it did is there are people on, Republicans on the Intelligence Committee, including Chairman Richard Burr, they had problems with how Comey's firing happened and the reasons for it, um, and made that clear publicly. And so, if Trump then invokes executive privilege and throws all of this onto the shoulders of Republicans on the Intelligence Committee and then also, you know, Senate leadership, they're going to be people who, people who are going to have problems with that. They are not going to appreciate him doing that, and they also want to hear what Comey has to say.
0: Ryan, uh, tell me a little bit about the dynamics on the Senate Intelligence Committee. You mentioned uh, Chairman Richard Burr, North Carolina Republican. Who are the key players there?
1: Well, Burr, of course, and then you've got the, the vice chairman, uh, Mark Warner of Virginia, who's been a very vocal advocate for Democratic concerns uh, regarding the investigation um, and has been pushing since the beginning when they started all of this in, in January to make sure that they would look at things that that— Democrats, in particular, and the broader public, are interested in uh, including potential ties between the Trump campaign and uh, and Russia. Now, other than than those two obvious big players, as as the leadership, Susan Collins is a the senator from from Maine is an important Republican voice because she's seen as somebody who's who's kind of striking the middle ground in terms of she wants to get to the bottom of it. She's not playing politics on it and she's a, a fairly moderate mainstream voice. Marco Rubio is somebody, uh, the former presidential candidate, of course, and the, the Florida senator, is somebody who's very hawkish on Russia and wants to get to the bottom of this from, from uh, conversations that I've had with people involved in the investigation. Those are the people on on the Republican side and largely... You know, Democrats across the board are very concerned about this for national security reasons, as well as politically, it, it plays well for them. Um, and so I think the most important people that we're going to have to keep track of are Republicans who really are going to be kind of the swing vote, so to
0: speak. And this, this investigation in the Senate Intelligence Committee, it's been seen as the most serious of the Hill investigations. And Richard Burr is a big part of that, uh, the chairman. He just won re-election to the Senate, so he's a free agent. He's got six years before he's facing re-election again. He's in a state that's very purple, a swing state, North Carolina. It's gone back and forth in recent elections. So what's his mindset?
1: Well, Burr's somebody actually who's who declared before his most recent re-election that he's not going to run again. So he's he has these six years, and then he's done with with public office. This is a difficult position that he's in. He's a Republican chairman of a committee that is looking into possible collusion of a Republican president with a foreign adversary. Uh, that puts him in a very difficult political position, and, and he's he's aware of that. Everyone is aware of that. You know, his partner on the committee, Mark Warner, is aware of that. I think that everything that they have seen on the investigation and the way that the administration has handled questions about. Its relationships uh, with Russian officials over the course of the campaign has led them to believe that this is something to look into. This this merits further investigation, and that's something that that Burr is is open about, um, and it's something that uh, a number of other Republicans on the on the committee are are anxious to get to the bottom of as well.
0: Now, Todd Comey he testified just before his firing before the Senate Judiciary Committee about the Russia investigation. Um, now that he's a private citizen, not working for the government, might he be able to share something more that he hasn't shared in the past about the FBI's inquiry when he was leading it?
2: Well, the interesting thing about um, Comey is that he he has been around Washington a long time and knows what is going on and, and how to protect himself uh, and how to document things he uh most notably in 2004 was involved in this uh, one of the most dramatic scenes in national history in the ju- justice department he um 3 years later testified in front of uh the Senate Judiciary Committee about about that
0: i've i've uh, actually thought quite a bit over the last 3 years about how i would answer that question if it was ever asked because i assumed that at some point i would have to testify about it uh, the one thing I'm not going to do and be very, very careful about is because this involved a classified program, I'm not going to get anywhere near classified information.
2: He te- testified about how he was in his car, got this call that the uh, white, then White House counsel, Alberto Gonzalez, was on his way to the hospital. At the hospital was then, then Attorney General John Ashcroft, and there was at issue a, a uh, the White House was pressing the Justice Department to approve a controversial measure. And so they were thinking he was gonna, they were going go to go try to get John Ashcroft to sign off on something that the Justice Department wasn't going to sign off on. And it was this big hospital room showdown where, among other things, he, he called the, the man who's now leading the, uh, the special counsel prosecutor, uh, special counsel for, the, for this probe, uh, he called Bob Mueller and said, "Get your FBI guys down here. Make them make sure that they, I'm not pulled out of that room where John Ashcroft is in the ICU." And he laid this testimony out um, piece by piece. And one of the things he said was, "I I remember it because I knew I was going to have to talk about this someday." And this I was, I was the inquiry testify.
0: into the leaking of a CIA. Uh, covert operative's name
2: no it was uh it was more a probe uh, the senate was probing the uh firing of the u.s attorneys and the politic politicization of the justice department and uh he was asked to testify as part of that
0: so, ashcroft stood his ground ultimately uh
2: well uh, yeah but ashcroft wasn't even in, in a position he wasn't the acting attorney general at the time he was in icu in bad shape uh uh, Comey testified about the shape that he was in, and it was Comey, as the deputy attorney general at the time, who was actually acting uh, attorney general because because of that that medical condition. So the point here for me is, um, I I think that there's every indication that Comey knew that at some point he was going to be testifying about. These conversations that he was having with the president that he did not think were appropriate, and he, he, uh, you know, according to news reports, he wrote memos about these things, and uh, I have no doubt that he, that he, uh, he, he met with uh, Bob Mueller about what he, what he would testify about, and I'm sure he's, he's prepared to say what he wants to say, not say what he doesn't want to say. And um, I think we're gonna. I think it's gonna be incredibly compelling to watch.
1: One, yeah. one, one of the things, if I if if I may, the uh, Comey's not going to get into classified details of the Russia investigation. We're not going to get more details on on that. That's just he knows what he can say regarding the inquiry and what he what he can't. Um, and he's always been very good about uh, separating those two. I think that the the point that Todd was making is that how how Comey knows how to operate in this situation and. Taking those memos that he, um, according to news reports, took following his conversations with with President Trump, the fact that those memos uh, got out, or you know, at least segments of them, then Congress can say, "Oh, well, it looks like there's a story that that needs to be told here, and we can bring him in and hear the full story." Now, the question that I have regarding this is, according to the to the leaks of the memos, Trump asked Comey to lay off the investigation into Trump's first national security advisor, uh, Michael Flynn. Now, the question for me is whether, is that just kind of a a teaser or a trailer of a broader movie, you know, something that's going to be a bigger revelation? Or is that kind of the meatiest part of the conversations that he had with with Trump? We'll
0: Well, find out. We've heard reported, too, that Trump asked for his loyalty. Yeah, that's, I mean, in terms of...
1: The inquiry and 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 the investigation by the FBI. That's you
0: know, well. It was an interesting choice of words because the FBI director is supposed to be independent of the president.
1: Yes, it doesn't get into necessarily issues of of, of uh, obstruction and, of justice. And though. what's
2: interesting there, though, is is there is supposed to be this independence. And I was at a panel with uh, um, a former White House counsel and a former uh, Attorney General. And they they basically said uh, that that type of meeting that happened where. Uh, what what uh, Comey's memo described, apparently, uh, from media reports, is that the Attorney General Jeff Sessions was there, and the Vice President Mike Pence was there, and 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 Trump sent them out of the room so that he could meet one on one with the FBI Director Comey, and that in in these previous administrations that never would have happened for a number of reasons because it, there's really no appropriate reason for for that direct communication to happen, particularly when there's a investigation, but. The FBI director directly reports to the attorney general, so to send the attorney general out of the room before having a conversation mm-hmm. where whatever was said we'll find out is is interesting, and um, I think that's part of the focus too. Here is is what was Trump doing that might have been inappropriate, um, not just what he said, but just the the whole way that it was crossing the line from the White House into the Justice Department.
0: Mm-hmm. Where are the legal experts you've talked to on the issue of obstruction of justice and whether Trump's interventions with Comey, his desire to see the Michael Flynn investigation quashed, his, his request for Comey's loyalty, what do the legal experts say about whether an obstruction case could be made?
2: The historical standpoint is that the White House should not have anything to do with ongoing investigations at the Justice Department when you talk about obstruction of justice you're you've got a, a lot of different things you're talking about if you're talking about a criminal charge of obstruction of justice it's incredibly hard to prove in court and so you you would it, it, you know that almost seems to be to me off the table like would he be charged with obstruction with justice it would be it, it would be a can you charge the president with a crime and B um, it, it's just so hard to prove. But then, secondly, obstruction of justice uh, is has been in articles of impeachment previously for a president. So, the idea that that a president is obstructing justice doesn't necessarily have to be that that criminal to that criminal level where you would prove it in court. It could
0: be part of the political process of impeachment Cr- and meet the standard of high crimes and misdemeanors. Correct. All right, guys. Uh, I know you'll both be watching on June 8th, and I'll be looking forward to reading your reports. Thank you for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.